Or is it a bold face lie, Kurt? Someone said, we need to hone in on this subject matter. So believe it or not, even though no one says it this way. But naked makes sense. Yeah, it's actually not a car shark. What have you ever nipped in a butt? Oh, look what I did. I screwed up. What do you think the Statue of Limitations looks like? Okay, so what is it? Get out. Well, people out there in podcast land, hello and welcome, welcome, welcome to a new episode of Smart Drivel. I'm your co-host, Kurt Schneider, joined by my fellow co-host. John Ellenthal. Hello, Kurt. How are you? Hello to all of our listeners. Hello, Dolly. Hello, Dolly. Was that Carol Channing? It was. I think Barbara Streisand as well. But yes, Carol Channing originated it. Yeah, I'm sort of the classic originator kind of guy, not a remake kind of guy. You know, we talk about people like Dolly and characters in fiction that give us interesting things that happen today. And today's episode, John, actually harkens back to a character in fiction from many, many years ago. Seriously? Yeah. Who that? Mrs. Malaprop. There was a character named Mrs. Malaprop? Yeah, that's how we get a Malapropism from her. That's I her remember- last name, and, and that's, that's what gave the name to the category of misspoken expressions? Yes. Well, there, there is an expression of French called Malapropois or something, right? Which is a wrong word. And I remember my eighth grade or ninth grade English teacher told us all about Malapropism. She was a character in Richard Brinsley Sheridan's play, The Rivals, in 1775. Never heard of it, and you clearly did not see it. Well, she was certainly the presage to Yogi Berra, right? She would say a word that sounded kind of the same, but gave a whole different meaning. Like she would use the word epitaph instead of epithet, right? And so things like that. So a listener today gave us this topic, which is phrases that people get wrong. And I was it was harkening back to Mrs. Malaprop for me. That's a great idea. And I want to thank that listener for that idea, because that is right up our alley. And when I say that... For sure. What kind of alley are you talking about? And when I say that it's right up our alley, I am not making a bald face lie. Or is it a bold face lie, Kurt? Which do you prefer? I think it's a bold face lie. Bold, B-O-L-D? Yes. Well, actually, it is a bald faced lie. And I think it dates back to, you know, it's sort of a reference that there's no mask, there's no beard. You're just lying without any concealment whatsoever. And I think it even comes from another expression. I think they used to say it was a bare faced lie. And that became a bald face, bare face, bald face. But as you pointed out in your answer, a lot of... A-R-E. Yeah, it was originally bare face. Like there's nothing on your face. Your face is bare. I was thinking grizzly. Yes, grizzly Adams had both a bare thing going on and a beard. So easy to confuse. All that being said, the correct expression is a bald face lie, not a bold face lie. I will not make that mistake again. This is a fun topic because every day we come across people or we make a malapropism or make a mistake like that. In fact, there's one expression that people use all the time. And in fact, until about three years ago, John, 
I use this incorrectly. And in a board meeting last week, someone used it incorrectly and I corrected them in the middle of the meeting. I probably should not have. I should have gone with the flow, but I did not. Please don't tell me that someone said irregardless, Kurt. No, someone said we need to hone in on this subject matter. Ah, they wanted to sharpen something sort of, but not correctly. And that's not the expression. The expression right. should be is home, as in a homing pigeon, as in we're getting close to the target. We're getting close to home, H-O-M-E. So yeah. many people say, let's hone in on this. In fact, I, even knowing better, sometimes say, let's hone in on this. But it's home. We think it should be home because let's sharpen it. But it's not. It's home, as in a homing pigeon, as in I want to get to my home. There was an episode, somehow this just reminded me of this episode in Friends, when Joey, he talked about a tailor he had when he was growing up. And I guess the tailor was a little handsy when he was working on the seat of the pants and the other parts of the pants at the top of the pants. And this led to the discussion of it being a moo point. Now, he actually thought it was a point made by a cow, so it was completely irrelevant. But of course, the expression is moot point, and the Joey story doesn't relate to the malaprop. Some people think it's a mute point as opposed to a moot point. And in Joey's case, and probably Joey's case alone, he thought it was a moo point, a point made by a cow. Moot, M-O-O-T, not mute point. Right. As in not silent, but it has nothing to do with it, which drives me crazy in, and I might have mentioned this before, Rick Springfield's wonderful song, Jesse's Girl. Girl. He tries to rhyme cute with the point is mute. And he says moot. He He says it correctly. He says moot, but he's trying to rhyme it with cute. So he gets it all sort of, he gets it right, but he gets it wrong. So I came across two expressions when we were preparing for this episode, Kurt, that everybody says a certain way and you and I say them that way too. And as it turned out, they've been said wrong so many times that they are now the accepted expression. But one in particular, I was it was mind boggling. Of course, you've heard the expression, you've got another thing coming. And that actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah. However, it's from a longer expression, which is if you think that you've got another think coming. So believe it or not, even though no one says it this way, the original and proper expression, the correct version is you've got another think, T-H-I-N-K, coming. So I saw that too. And I will now always use that. And I'm laughing because someone who I work with, the guy who says home instead of hone, said, you know what? I'm going to go to a bar and I'm going to correct someone and they're going to hit me in the face saying, listen, you idiot. And that's why I think about when someone says, you got another thing coming. And I'm going to say, actually, you have another think coming. That is a provocative act at a bar. But I think it's an interesting one because you can say it correctly now that we know what the correct version is. But everybody who can hear us will be convinced that we said it wrong. That reminds me of the famous wheelbarrow, which of course is a wheelbarrow, B-A-R-R-O-W. And that I'm sure we discussed on a previous episode, along with the things that cheerleaders shake in their hands to get everybody excited, which we all call pom-poms with M's, 
But I believe the correct original version, although I'm sure Palm Palms is completely okay at this point, it's actually Palm, P-O-M, Pon, P-O-N. But again, they've been said Palm Palms so many times. Good luck unringing that bell, my friend, Kurt. How about when people say, you know what? I'm going to do a 360 on this. Oh, that's a great one. (laughs) Explain why 360 is not correct. 360 is a full circle. So you're coming back and saying the same thing. People say that all the time. By the way, I'm sure I have two. I'm going to do a 360 on this and completely go the opposite way. No, that's the same exact thing. You're doing a 180. Exactly. If you were trying to change. You know, another one, Kurt, that really blew my mind. And both of us have been saying wrong since we learned how to speak. And everybody we know probably has as well. So if you're really good at cards and you sweep up a lot of other people's money during the game, when you're gambling, you are called a card shark, which makes a lot of sense, right? Because the shark sort of gobbles up competitors and everything around him or her. It's a dominant, aggressive My guess is you're telling me we'd be wrong. Yeah, it's actually not a card shark. It's a card sharp. S-H-A-R-P. And again, it was a mistake made a long time ago that has now been established in the language. So the word sharp, card sharp, is connected to cheating, but not for a long time. So if you look to the Oxford English Dictionary, you'll find that a sharper is a cheat, a swindler, a rogue, one who lives by his wits. And that sharper was later reduced to sharp. So a shark was a swindler. You were a card sharp, but card shark makes perfect sense. So what has happened? That's now a propism, right? So what's happening is over time, these bastardizations of the expressions have become not only acceptable, but the norm. And I think it's kind of interesting that that's happened and we just accept them now and it kind of makes sense. That, That makes sense to me. Like this one, man. That person is butt naked, <laughs> right? So it's correct as buck naked, right? Correct. Do you know the background on that? Well, first of all, butt naked makes sense. It if does. Butt, it, <laughs> just like card shark makes sense. And you've got another thing coming makes sense. Right. They're but just they're wrong. Not correct. So we are, I think we're going to start correcting people and we're going to get hit a lot or we're going to be thrown out of a lot of parties. So I think, because I got another think coming. Yes, you too. Which, by the way, is grammatically incorrect, but I still am okay with it. But I think it comes from when the British and or the early Americans were fighting the Native Americans. And the Native American male warriors were naked except for a buck skin, as in a deer wearing a buck skin. So they were buck naked. They were only they were naked except for the buck skin. And the buckskin naked became buck naked. To us, it became butt naked. Sticking with the buttocks, Kurt. Yes. This one makes a little less sense. So sometimes you might want to nip something in the bud, which again, think flowers. You want to cut it off before it grows. But a lot of people say nip it in the butt. And when you start to think about what you think that means, it's a little less. I don't think it makes sense. I don't think it makes sense. I've heard that people say that. And I think, okay, hone in. I get it kind of makes sense. Another thing coming, but nip it in the butt. I don't get. Well, I think, I think it's a lot like the homing and honing one. 
the words sound really similar. So I think people hear them wrong. What and have you ever nipped wrong. in a butt? <laughs> well, listen, you could Who nip something in a butt. It's not like when you shear a sheep, you're nipping something in the butt. So it comes from like something we do with animals. I that I would kind of make sense to me. But we don't nip anything in a butt. We nip tails on dogs, but we don't nip something in a butt. Well, maybe dogs. Nip I don't get in that what. I mean, dogs seem to greet each other that way. So which, of course, would be sniffing something in the butt. But maybe it. I could see how you could create sort of a dog origin story. All that being said, you nip it in the bud like a yeah. flower before it grows, not the butt. I was just going to change and tell you another one that just popped into my head. Go for it. How many times have you heard someone say, well, that's pretty good, but we'll see if it can pass mustard. <laughs> right? Yeah, pass mustard. It is not past mustard. It's not past the Dijon or French's. By the way, are you a yellow mustard? Are you a are you a great poupon type of Dijon mustard? What are you? I want to start by saying that I freaking love mustard almost everywhere. And you hate mayonnaise. As much as I dislike mayonnaise, I like mustard. But I'm not a yellow mustard person. I believe that brown mustard is the default mustard of choice. And I love horseradish mustard, although I tend to overdo it. I like Dijon. I like country Dijon. But I will tell you, more recently, I have returned home to simple, spicy, brown mustard. And it feels right. I feel like I'm homing in on it. <laughs> so golden space, spicy brown, because that's not Dijon. That's different. Yeah, I went through all the fancy mustards. But when you get right down to it, I like cheap beer. I like brown mustard. It's kind of funny. I've actually returned to yellow mustard, good old yellow mustard, for the same reasons. Of course, I have the Gourmet Poupon de Jean in my refrigerator. Of course, but you do. I like I like the squeeze bottle of yellow mustard. So back to passing the mustard. It is not passing mustard. It's passing muster, and a muster is when you're in the army. And people have to muster up. And that is when you all come out and you get into your muster, you get into your organization, you get into your formation. And then the general or the sergeant or whomever comes by. And if you are correct in your formation, you pass muster, M-U-S-T-E-R, not mustard, John, not mustard. I'm down with that. And as much as it sounded like I was into the whole mustard conversation, the truth is, I could care less ah, or I couldn't care less. So this is a big one, Kurt. I can tell by your head shaking. You're almost in physical pain reliving your experiences, hearing this misspoken. So of course it is. I couldn't care less. There is no caring below the level I currently don't care. But when you say I could care less, of course, you're indicating that you do kind of care and you could conceivably care less. So that one... I bet you that came up on a pet peeves episode of ours from days gone by. It did for sure. And it was yours oh. along with mayonnaise. But it's funny you should say that because I was talking to a person today, a guy that I work with, the guy who said home instead of home instead of home. So he said, it's kind of like couldn't care less and could care less. And I said, yeah, of course, it's could care less. And he said, no. And he was right. I was wrong. So I'd like to go on a different direction here. And this is something that drives you crazy. 
fine young cannibal saying she drives me crazy, but that's not why you brought yes. that up. I like that song. She, this would drive you crazy because you use it correctly a lot. John, I'm going to change tacts on you. Yeah. So people think it's change tact. And for a reason, T-A-C-T, because they say, okay, we're going to change the, what I'm trying to do. I'm trying this tact. It doesn't work. I'm going to try another tact. But it goes back to sailing, does it not, John? It does. And when you sail, you go in one direction. And then with the sail going the other side, what does that do? Well, you tack to the other side so the wind can end up in your sail and you can move forward. So if you're sailing, you would, unfortunately, to go in a straight line, you have to go in different. Well, if you're you're heading into the wind, you can't go straight into the wind because you won't get very far. So you have to continue to zigzag at an angle to make progress forward. Because there ain't no going straight when your boat is powered by the wind and it's in your face. So please, when someone says, let's change tacks here, you say, no, 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 no. We're going to change tacks. When was the last time someone said that to you? Oh, recently. I would say probably last week. People say it all the time. They screwed up all the time, John. So it's not. But this isn't pet peeves. This is just. Explaining. So if if it happened that recently, then yeah. the statue of limitation has not yet expired. <laughs> so I think a lot of people do say statue of limitation. And again, statue is a common word. And if you don't stop and think about it, you know, probably can pass. Of course, it is a legal concept, though. It is the statute of limitation. And obviously, it refers to the fact that X number of years after a crime, you can no longer pursue charges against somebody because the statute of limitations has expired. What do you think the statue of limitations looks like? Is it someone who can't like has no arms and legs? Limitations can't reach something. Well, the limitations don't need to be physical. Uh, I would like it to be like a tree with a bountiful thing of grapes coming down, and the statue is reaching up and can't get it forever. Well, what's the famous? Oh, is that ode to a Grecian urn? Where ode on? Oh, look what I did! I screwed up. That yep. sounded like it was planned, but it was not planned. I mess yep. that up all the time. It is owed on a Grecian urn. And explain Correct. what the two lovers are stuck in perpetuity almost doing. John Keats, great, great Otist. And they are on this Grecian urn and they're about to kiss or under a tree for the very first time. And we've talked about this in a very early episode, but basically the idea is anticipation is better than the real thing. Everything in their life is in the future ahead of them. It's going to be amazing. They haven't kissed yet. They haven't kissed yet. And it's frozen there forever. Did you make up the word Otis or is that a real word? I think it's a real thing. He's an Otis. I understand he's a poet who likes to write odes, but I've never heard the word Otis, in which case you get extra points along with your earlier use of bastardization. However, it made me think of Otis Day in the Nights, which, of course, is uh-huh. O-T-I-S. Or Otis Sistrunk. Otis Sistrunk. The bald Oakland Raiders player. How about yep. the Otis who invented the elevator? Yeah, we talked about him. And yeah. you know what? All right. For Sorry. all intensive purposes, we did a really good callback of Otis Sistrunk. Did I say something oh. wrong? Oh. Yeah. So here's my problem. With what I said like or you, in no, general? Like you. 
these, these things bother me and I can't just shut up and let things go. So when someone says for all intensive purposes, I said, what are we getting into intensive care here? What? That's not it. It is, of course, for all intents and purposes. And I'd like to throw myself on the mercy of the court because I think for many years, so many years that it was probably measured in decades that I thought it was for all intensive purposes. Really? I never really thought much about it. And then when I saw it the correct way, I was like, you know what? That makes a heck of a lot more sense. It's for all we're trying to do, for all intents, I-N-T-E-N-T-S. And it's not like going and climbing Mount Kilimanjaro and you sleep in tents. So another one, Kurt, that I screwed up and I probably still screw up to this day. And I believe my children have corrected me on this. And it just, you know, it gets in your brain one way and, you know, words just come out and it all happens so fast, Kurt. But I am afraid that I am prone to saying espresso, which would probably bug the crap out of you. Yes. S espresso. Right. So when I say it, it sounds Think like about it this way, John. It creates a lot of steam. S sibilance. I did a lot of work early in my career for for Federal Express. I was working in a company that was a business partner of theirs, and maybe I was so into my work at that point, Express just got carved into my brain. But it is, of course, espresso. But I'm going to try really hard not to mess it up the next time it comes up in conversation. Well, the question is, do you correct other people when they say espresso? I live to correct other people. So the fact that I make the same mistake is not relevant to my desire, is overcome by my desire to point out when someone else makes a mistake. Because the truth is, Kurt, if you and I cannot meet our ego needs at someone else's expense, we wouldn't know who we were. So in that vein, here's something that I must admit, I probably, probably, maybe, I'm not sure, have screwed up myself. And this gets back to, it makes sense when you think about it this way, but it's wrong. John, I didn't mean to pawn that off on you. Okay. It's not P-A-W-N, which is what we all say. I I, I think that right now. It's not P-A-W-N, which again, makes sense because you, okay. So what is it? P-A-L-M, palm off. Get out. Palm it off on you? As in, I tricked you, right? It's a magic trick. It's in my palm. I palmed it off. On did you know this one or did you learn this one recently preparing for this episode? I learned this one recently because I always thought it was pawned off. It's on palm somebody. off on somebody. So palm off. And earlier we had card sharp and you've got another thing coming, which that's cool. That's fun. So you palm right? it off on somebody. Yeah. Well, I'll be okay. damned. And I think... I just want to quickly say a fun one, which a lot of people do say wrong. And this was the example of the person who gave us this topic today used, which is her friend says it's a doggy dog world. Oh, that's out that's there. a great one. A doggy. I've heard that one. A doggy dog world. That's a that's a good one. People say that it's a doggy dog world. Out like there. doggy dog like, world. Like Richard Scary drawing those books with all the dogs everywhere. Those were great. But it's actually dog eat dog yes. world, as in survival of the fittest Darwinism at its sharpest. Dog eat dog. Do you think you'll save this episode as a memento of the time we spent making our podcast? Do people say memento? They do. I don't. But I believe, I believe it's memento. It's memento. But maybe 
It is M-E, mento, memento. But I think people say as a momento. I don't think momento is a word, but memento is the word. Like memento, like memory, M-E-M. No? Yeah, or like writing a memo, a memorandum. Right. But momento, I'm sure, is out there, Kurt. Look, John, I could have, I should have done that. People get that wrong. Should have, could have? It's not could of, should oh. of. Like it's could have, should have. But the contraction of yeah. it is could have, C O L U D apostrophe V E, not C O O U L D O F. So when you said it, I thought you were saying should have, like contraction of should have, which is why I was momentarily stunned. So, and maybe people, unless they write it down, you're right. We wouldn't know. Maybe they are saying it correct. So, I'll give you another one that is often said wrong that drives me because back. we're out of time. So, this is going to be our last one. So, make it a good one. It already is what what I was going to say. So, you'll have to decide for yourself whether it's good. <laughs> but <laughs> let me give you a situation. Let's say you marry somebody who has two brothers. Each is your brother-in-law. Together, they are not your brother-in-laws. They are your brothers-in-law. You know, if you get an attorney general from one state and an attorney general from another state, they are attorneys general, not attorney generals, which seems like which seems like an honest mistake because one of the two words has to become plural. But brothers-in-law, father, I guess you really can't have fathers-in-law, can you? I guess if your spouse is the product of divorce, you could have two fathers-in-law. Correct. Well, everyone, thank you for listening to this edition, our malapropism, Mrs. Malaprop edition of Smart Drivel. We promise the drivel, not the dribble, and we hope for the smart. Drivel and dribble do sound alike. So I could see how people would make that mistake, especially when you factor in all of those years you spent running the Harlem Globetrotters. So, but it is, of course, Smart Drivel. That's a good one. And I, too, thank you for listening. And Kurt and I will be back next week with a brand new episode of Smart Dribble. Until then, we hope your week is filled with Smart Dribble. Ciao, everyone. Bye, everybody. Thank you. Thank you.